And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free. I'm Big Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we have an exciting program lined up for you today as we're going to be talking about the last hour as it pertains to Bible prophecy. So hopefully you can stay tuned to our program today and follow along with us. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word, a very important message about what the future holds as the Bible teaches, not what Vic and I believe, but what the Bible teaches. And so we pray, Lord, you'll open up that word to us so we may understand what your Bible has to say. Thank you for all those who turned in. Precious name. Amen. Mm, amen. Thank you, Nathan Jones. Again, you're tuned into our program. The truth will set you free as we're talking about Bible prophecy and the last hour. So we hope that you can stay tuned to the program today. Nathan Jones, it's great to have you on the program. What a fantastic week we're having. Well, thank you, sir. Good to be on. Uh, yeah, good week. Uh, any week that we're alive and breathing. <laughs> Absolutely. And Nathan, we're living in exciting times. Uh, we know that there's a lot of wonderful things happening around the world, a lot of scary things happening around the world. But we notice that everything is falling right into place in terms of what the Bible uh, has to say. In our last program, you and I were talking about abiding and especially abiding in Christ, bringing forth fruit in these last days is really what Christianity should be all about. Oh, yeah. We are exist here on this earth for a purpose, to serve the Lord, share the gospel, and that's, yeah. that's why we're here as Christians. And then, of course, our eternal purpose is to have fellowship with God. That's why he made humanity, to have fellowship with yeah. him. So, yeah, we're here to get busy. If we're just sitting around uh, binging on Netflix, we're missing the point of why we're here. Yeah. And, you know, Nathan, all throughout the Bible, we also find, especially in the Gospels, in the minor uh, epistles of the New Testament, as I like to call them, uh, especially in the in the book of First John, the wonderful epistle. What an encouragement we find there uh, with John talking to us about certain things, uh, how it's going to be in the last days before this world leader called the Antichrist rises into the scene. And uh, last week, you and I were actually in First John chapter two uh, and on our last program. And then, of course, we're going to pick it up uh, once again, but we're going to back up a few verses because these beginning verses are just powerful there uh, in the book of Second John. So we want to encourage our viewers and our listeners to get your Bibles, follow along with us as we open up these these wonderful scriptures. So, Nathan, yeah, if you will be able to take us there uh, to Second John, beginning on verse 18, as we walk through these verses, and then, of course, elaborate on this and see how it plays into the times in which we're living in. Uh, 1 John 2.18 or 2 John? I apologize. See, you're, you're paying more attention. That means 1 John chapter 2, uh, verse 18. Oh. Because, yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, okay, I thought maybe you were going to have to try a different section. I'll be ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I won't do that to you, Nathan. All right. 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 through 23. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now, many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But mm. they went out, but they might be made manifest, but none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I've not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, yeah. and that the lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is? The Christ. He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Mm. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. 
Ooh, Nathan, this is, these are, again, power-packed verses because uh, tucked in here, we have these incredible uh, prophecies also concerning the time of John, but also concerning uh, into the future, if you will. Uh, and also, uh, Nathan, just in case someone is not familiar with maybe the, the number of books that John wrote, would you be able to share that for us in case someone is new out there to the Bible? Well, John was one of the apostles of Jesus, meaning that he was a follower of Jesus, saw him face to face at his first coming. He was also the youngest of the apostles. Uh, he wrote the Gospel of uh, John. Of course, uh, he wrote First, Second, and Third John, and he's the author or scribe, really, of the Book of Revelation. He yeah. lived the longest, uh, up to ninety-seven years old. That's amazing. Yeah, and uh, he's the only one of the apostles who actually survived being. Uh, all, all of them were martyred. Uh, the Romans attempted to martyr him by boiling in oil, but he survived, and he actually died at an old age of 97. Amazing. And, and of course, now he's writing here First uh, John. And like you mentioned, of course, the book of Revelation has a lot to do uh, with the prophecies of the end times. But yet found in his little epistles, if you will, we find these incredible nuggets that that's what we are sharing here. And Nathan, I mean, verse 18 opens up very powerfully. Can you elaborate for us there? Verse 18. Well, it first starts off with the subject. It is the last hour. Now, what does that mean in Bible prophecy, last hour? Well, we know that we live in this church age. It's a time period between the day exactly. of Pentecost and will end with the rapture. That is the last, and we're getting to the last phase of God's plan. There is 6,000 years of God's plan, right. and we are in the, the uh, near the end of that 2,000. We have another 1,000 years for the millennial kingdom. And that would be 7,000 years of the eternal state. So we're at the end of this age. We're, we're coming to the end of the 6,000 years. And so we're at the very last hour. We're, we're just before Jesus Christ returns. Yeah. And Nathan, of course, in the Bible says that, you know, one day is a thousand years. A thousand years is as one day uh, there in Second Peter. And I mean, when I think of the last hours, man, that really brings it close to home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The last hour of the last day is 11 o'clock at night, right? Uh, we have a song here at Land Line Ministries that John Collinsworth sang called 1159. In other words, we're not just the last hour. We're, we're, brother, we're down to the last minute. The last minute. 1159. We're, yeah. we're so close to the return of Jesus Christ that we're down to the last hour. And so, though we know we're at the last hour, then John says, if we're at the last hour, then you know the Antichrist is coming. The global one world ruler who for seven years of the tribulation time period will rule the world and and 21 church will come out from heaven and pretty much destroy the world. And it will be like World War II yeah. all over again with the entire world being destroyed. That's what the Bible prophesied is coming in the last hour. Mm. And Nathan, you, you mentioned something very important there. And of course, we see that all this political movement, global movement, is moving towards a certain direction. In other words, when you turn on the news and you hear about globalization, uh, we know that really it's in preparation for a world leader uh, that is coming, and that is who this Antichrist is. Right, right. The Bible has prophesied that the Antichrist will come. A global world ruler is coming who is possessed by Satan, and eventually, this movement we're seeing, this globalization movement, the one that President Trump seems to be signing, and that's why the yeah. liberal left hates him so much, is because he's competing to push towards a global government. And yeah. eventually the world will get it, unfortunately. Absolutely. And I think it's because of the rapture of the church, the 
the strong nationalism will be removed and we'll get to a global government very quickly after the rapture. Mm -hmm. And the world will divide into 10 regions ruled by 10 kings, the Bible calls them. And those 10 kings will then give power to one of them and he will be the Antichrist, the one world ruler. Now, Satan doesn't know the future. Other, right. He can't predict it other than what the Bible says. So he has always had an Antichrist in the wings. And that's why John says that you have heard that the Antichrist is coming a man, mm -hmm. but there are many Antichrists. And we sometimes hear from people, they'll say, hey, they, you know, there is no one man Antichrist. He's the embodiment of evil. He's the symbol of evil. No, 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 no. John here, very clearly here that's in right. Revelation 13, describes him as a man. He is a person yeah. who will come and eventually rule the world. But Satan has always had other potential antichrists. Uh, we can look at Hitler. You know, yes. Hitler almost, you know, attempts to rule the world. He would be an antichrist. Absolutely. Someone who is a potential world ruler. Yeah, excellent point, Nathan. I mean, if you, you, even back in history, even in the time of the, the, the time of Daniel, uh, we have Antioch Epiphanes, right, Nathan? And we have all these historical individuals that really were these antichrist type of uh, individuals. Well, yes, again, uh, during Daniel's time, Nebuchadnezzar was God considered the king of the world, even though he didn't rule all the world. He was the greatest of the kings of that time period. Uh, Daniel was prophesied a few hundred years later. A man named Nicholas Epiphanes would be a uh, type of Antichrist in the way yeah. he persecuted the Jews and desecrated the temple. And likewise, the Antichrist will desecrate the temple one day. Believe it or not, the Jews, you want to know what the future is. The Bible says that there will be a third temple built in Jerusalem on yeah. the Temple Mount. Yeah. And the Antichrist in the middle of that seven-year tribulation will ascend up to the temple he will declare himself to be God. Absolutely. He will do a sacrifice which defiles the temple, probably a sacrifice of pig. And then he will set up an image of himself and demand the world worship it. So mm -hmm. that is all coming in the future as the Bible prophecy. Yeah. And Nathan, and that this is why this subject matter is so important because we, we see what's happening in Israel, the development of Israel, uh, the talk about the rebuilding of the temple, and, and all this, the Bible says, has to be in place for this world leader as he's going to appear, right? Definitely, the, the Bible prophesies this uh, in, in great detail. And, brother, we are living in a time period, this last hour, the, yeah. where we're seeing this come to be. Yes. I've been to the Temple Institute in Jerusalem. I visited their museum. Amazing. They have the vestments of the priests, all the paraphernalia, all yeah. the building materials. They are ready. As soon as they get permission, they are ready to build cool. that temple They'll knock it out in probably a year or less. Right. They've got people trained to do sacrifices. They have actually offered the high, high priest's position to a few men, and they've all turned them down. But at some point, one man will accept it, the high priest again. And the sacrificial system mm. that the Jews have been deprived of since 70 AD will return it to will. Israel. It has to be because the Antichrist has to desecrate the temple. Excellent point. And that's why, Nathan, I love this, because here in, in 1 John 2, verse 18, uh, it says, as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. In other words, whether people like to believe it or not, this is something that has been in the works by Satan himself for thousands of years. That's the purpose of trying to make a global government. Uh, mankind tried to do that at the Tower of Babel, and God broke mankind up by giving them different languages. Satan has been trying to work the world government towards an ultimate destination. And that destination is him as the ultimate ruler over this earth. He mm. currently is, 
but all the nations and all the people aren't worshiping. But he will get the opportunity to possess a man who we call the Antichrist. He will be then worshipped as a god and demand the whole world worship him. And that is where all of this globalization is taking. And brother, if you want to know if this global movement is evil, just look at the ceremony that was performed wow. when the tunnel was made in Europe over in Switzerland, and they dug underneath the mountain, and all the leaders of Europe went down, and they performed this ritual with a man dressed like a demon. It was a real satanic ritual. And we have the world leader, Angela Merkel and others there at that, involved in the performance of a satanic ritual. Wow. Rather, this globalization movement is a movement towards eventual state worship. And Nathan, and you made a good point, and this is why the occult is so powerful. We see now more blatantly uh, uh, a spread of the uh, demonic and the satanic, and if you have, you have satanic churches and people worshiping the, uh, these things, and, and it's just amazing how far uh, we've come uh, in, in such a short time. Revelation prophet 5-10 define the tribulation time period, and one of them is the worship of demons. And we will see an increasing acceptance of demons. I mean, yeah. we only had to go back a few decades, and, you know, a few, I'm sure there were movies and books and things about demons and Satan, the touch of Satan and mystery science theory and makes fun mm-hmm. of Those types of movies, they exist, but the open acceptance of Wiccanism and uh, Satan worship and New Age, brother, that's everywhere. Everywhere. The movies, the television, Jack Black right. coming out with a movie soon about warlocks and you know, there's all the Harry Potter movies and books. You, uh, you go yeah. to a youth section in a bookstore, and it's almost all all witchcraft. I mean, the world is moving to indoctrinate our children into the acceptance of the occult, which is the occult. Yeah. And, it's Satan. It's Satan. It's Satan. Yeah. And Nathan, and believe it or not, those are the movies that are making so much money. The sci-fi. I mean, you, you go to these things and it's like they just, the theaters are packed. And it's like people are just, they can't wait to see more of this stuff. Yeah. It's just accepted as entertainment. But the Bible clearly says that the necromancy and the worship. Right. It's the worship of demons. It's worship of angels. Absolutely. And the ultimate authority of Satan. That's what it's all about. We can say, hey, it's science fiction and all that, but it's not. Right. There, the story might be science fiction, but what's behind it Mm-hmm. Excellent point. And Nathan, and of course, I mean, the Bible does have uh, uh, a lot to say about this Antichrist and what will be taking place in the last days. And I, I'm just reminding Nathan what the Bible says in Second Thessalonians um, chapter 2 there. Maybe you can take us there and, and uh, open this up for us a little bit uh, in reading some of those uh, verses. Because, uh, again, there's some people out there that maybe have no idea what we're talking about or what is going to develop in the future. But the Bible does have a lot to say about the events, how it's going to roll out, and how this man is going to come into power. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, beginning on verse 1 there to, through verse 12, just tells us a lot in terms of what we can see is going to be developing. Would you be able, Nathan, to maybe open us up uh, in those and read some of those verses for us? I think it's a fantastic passage. Sure, 2 Thessalonians 2, starting with what was that again? Yeah, let's, uh, we can actually begin there on verse 1 and work our way down. Okay. Okay, well, start. Uh, let's go to four. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, mm. as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Yeah. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come, 
unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, mm -hmm. who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he sits with God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. The excellent point. And that's exactly what you were just saying to us, Nathan. This There has to be a temple for this individual to be there to show himself as God. Right, right. The, the church of Thessalonica was scared that they missed the rapture and were living into the tribulation. And uh, the apostle Paul is like, no, 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 no. You're not oh. living in the tribulation. You haven't missed the rapture because the tribulation will be defined by the Antichrist. Absolutely. So back to Daniel 9, Daniel says that the tribulation will begin when the Antichrist makes a peace covenant with Israel. Well, mm -hmm. the Antichrist has not made a peace covenant with Israel. There hasn't even been a nation of Israel until 1948. Absolutely. So we know that the Antichrist has not come yet. And uh, brother, if you're saved, you're going to be raptured. You won't even see the Antichrist. That's right. <laughs> and so we return seven years later with Jesus Christ. Then we'll see Jesus Christ defeat him. Other than that, we are not meant, if you're a Christian, to see the Antichrist. Absolutely. Excellent point, Nathan. And Nathan, this is why what I find interesting is here we have the Apostle Paul talking to those believers in that time, reminding them of this individual that was coming. We have the Apostle John uh, in 1 John 2.18 also reminding the people of the Antichrist that were coming. And it's almost like uh, throughout history, we see the church, the believers saying, hey, this is what you can expect. This is how the future is going to unfold. This is what is going to be taking place. And uh, that's exactly what you are also reading for us here uh, in Second Thessalonians. Uh, but Nathan, uh, we also notice that it talks about, again, his uh, deception, his influence. If you can take us for a few more verses there in Second Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, that would be fantastic so that we see how it ties uh, to First John chapter 2. Five through twelve, a little long, but it's all one part. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things, and now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only right. he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Mm -hmm. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion, delusion. that they shall believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. Mm. And again, Nathan, I love that, because again, we see a clear picture, the timing of when these things are going to take place. And like you mentioned, we, the believer, we're looking for Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist, right, Nathan? <laughs> because we, we're not going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Now, it, it, you notice that in 2 Thessalonians 2, it's not saying Antichrist, but it's using other names that the Bible uses yes. for Antichrist. The man of sin, the son of perdition, the lawless one, the one who exalts himself. These are all descriptions of the Antichrist and his master Satan. Mm. This, is, this is, again, a passage about the Antichrist. It's just not saying Antichrist like John calls it. Excellent point. And, and, but we see, Nathan, that it talks about when he is coming, though, when, when everything is in place, uh, the Bible says it's going to be uh, delusion, great deception. And as we go back to First uh, John uh, chapter 2, noticing, again, verses uh 18 and 19, that is exactly what uh, John is talking about, the deception there. Yeah, uh, 
good point because Paul brings up here that once the rapture happens and the Christians are gone, a restraining influence will yep. be removed from this earth. And I believe that it's talking about the restraining influence is the Holy Spirit through the church. Some people say, well, it's the Holy Spirit that's restraining people and it'll be taken away, but you can't have the Holy Spirit missing from the tribulation or nobody right. can say Exactly. So clearly, what disappears is the church, therefore the church is restraining influence. So imagine the moral compass of our country, of our world being taken away, <clears throat> excuse me, that what results in is lawlessness, and that's exactly. what's going to happen. Matter of fact, because they refuse to accept Christ, and those who harden their hearts against Jesus Christ, God will even give them a delusion, a delusion so that yeah. they will refuse to believe the truth that's right in front of them, the truth that God exists because he's raptured the church. Mm. And, and Nathan, and that's why this these passages are very crucial uh, for the times that we're living in. Because if we're not prepared, if we're not understanding the scriptures, when this uh, all unravels, if you will, there's going to be mass confusion. And we see that Satan is setting up the world right now for mass confusion so that when the rapture happens, when the church is taken out of the way, when this antichrist is revealed, Everybody's going to accept him. They're going to hail him as a god. Right. I can imagine the world where billions of people suddenly are taken away. I mean, you can imagine the delusions and the excuses and the theories that people are going to have. Yeah. Aliens uh, abducted, abducted us. us. Or, yeah. You know, uh, the solar flares or global warming or I don't know what. But there's going to be something that will come up where they'll believe this delusion and make an excuse for the rapture. So that they can't believe, they choose to not believe yeah. that God was behind the rapture and Jesus took Christians up to heaven. Mm, excellent point. And that's why, again, we as believers, as Christians, as the church, uh, we need to understand the times in which we're living in. Uh, the Bible says that we're to be sober, uh, if you will, spiritually uh, discerning the times in which we're living in. Nathan, one of the things that I notice as we go back there to uh First John chapter two, noticing verse 19. I mean, it talks about again, deception and people falling away. Uh, would you be able to read verse 19 once again for us in case someone out there doesn't have a Bible? Sure. Well, this is how we identify John's describing what the Antichrists are. We're, what is the defining characteristic of the Antichrist? It's that they went out from us, right. but they were not of us. Or if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest, but none of them were of us. And then skip down to verse 23. Yeah. Uh, who is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son? Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. So how do we define Antichrist or the many Antichrist? Mm. They're Antichrist. They deny yeah. his existence. They deny Jesus. They won't accept him. And that's yeah. how we know what an Antichrist is. So if you're an unbeliever, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, You've all been an antichrist. Before we were saying we were all antichrist Absolutely. at one time, different than the antichrist who's a person. Mm. And Nathan, and that's a very good point. I'm glad you 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 uh, tied those two verses together because, again, we also have a lot of religions today that do not accept Jesus Christ as uh, as as uh, as the Messiah, if you will, as the Savior of the world. We have uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and some others. These are antichrist religions. Anything that denies Jesus Christ, the Bible calls Antichrist. So if you're a Jehovah's Witness and you believe Jesus is just an angel, right. you have denied the sonship of God, you're an Antichrist. If you're a Mormon who believes that, that Jesus is just an ascended man, you will be divine one day too. You're an Antichrist. If you're a Hindu who believes there's three 
million gods. Right. There is no one God. It, it, Jesus it, Christ. Well, you are an antichrist. And you know, all of us that before we were saved were antichrist. Absolutely. We were anti-Christ. <laughs> yeah. And that means, you know, Nathan, again, we were we were we were not heirs of the wonderful things of heaven because we were against God. We were in opposition to him. And that's why salvation and our relationship with God is so important so that we're not anti-Christ, but we are for Christ, that we're serving and following Christ. And that's what Christianity uh, is all about. And, and if you are watching this program or listening to this program and you don't have a relationship with God and you realize that you are anti-Christ, hey, this is a great opportunity for you to come to Christ because he loves you. And has a wonderful plan for your life. Uh, and Nate, as we do every week, might you be able to share maybe with that person that right now recognizes they are antichrist, how they can come to Christ? Yeah, I think it says it right there in First John two twenty three. He who acknowledges the Son yes. has the Father also. And how do we acknowledge the Son? By coming to the Lord in faith, by repenting of our sins, and by asking Jesus Christ be our Savior. Mm. We can, when we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, then the Bible says we have the Father also. It means we are finally reconciled with the Father. Mm. Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they broke fellowship with God. They could walk and talk and see God face to face. Now no person sins has because our sin stands between us and God. That sin needs to be removed for us yeah. to see God. And we do so when we come in faith and believe that Jesus Christ is our Savior. And you can pray something like, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And Jesus will do just that. Your sins are forgiven. Yeah. You now can have fellowship with the Father. And one day you will meet him face to face. And praise the Lord. That's exciting news. And that's it, right, Nathan? That, that, the bridge, the gap has been uh, filled, and now you are a child of God, no longer alienated from God or no longer an antichrist, but now you are a believer, a Christian. And as Nathan and I have been sharing in our past passages, uh, we are to bring forth fruit. As we abide in Christ, uh, there should be fruit coming from our lives. And that's exactly what the Bible is talking about here. Whoever doesn't bring forth that fruit, whoever is against God, uh, then they are antichrist. So we want to congratulate those of you that have placed your trust in Jesus Christ just now with that very simple prayer. And Nathan, it's not complicated, right? The gospel is simple. Right, right. And one faith is the spiritual fruit you're talking about, that we live holy lives and we share the gospel and we bring other people to know Jesus Savior. The spiritual fruit will be evident in our lives and proof of our salvation. Excellent point. And of course, that's that's why we took some time to open up this passage so that you will not be deceived. And now as you have the Holy Spirit living in you, God is going to give you supernatural discernment to be able to discern the times in which we're living. But we want to encourage you to continue to read through the Bible, continue to uh, have that understanding, and uh, you're going to see the world just open up uh, all around you. So Nathan, an amazing, amazing passage. And of course, I want to thank you so much for opening this up to our viewers and our listener in a, in a simple format. Oh, I praise the Lord for the opportunity and I pray that all of you will be sons and daughters of God by accepting Jesus Christ as Savior. 
Awesome. Praise the Lord. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment uh, of our program. But of course, we want to encourage you to continue to keep your eyes uh, on the Lord. He is coming back very, very soon. He loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. So Vic Batista and Nathan Jones saying goodbye to you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And we pray that God will continue to use you mightily. So Nathan Jones, thank you so much for being part of our program as my co-host. Awesome. Thank you so much. And of course, the rest of you have a great week. And Lord willing, we will see you next time in our next program. May the Lord keep you and may his face shine upon you. Have a great day.